Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please yeah. don't forget your binders for the first day of school. Oh my God. <laughs> your permission slip for the field trip. Extra tissues are recommended. Bag lunch. Really? I love a big lunch. lunch. (laughs) Hot dish in Tupperware. Who are we? Ah, fucking Christ. I'm Kenyon. (laughs) I'm Lucy. And I'm Amanda. And uh, before we get to this week's uh, episode topic and fan picker, Amanda, I think you have a butt plug. I do. I have a quick butt plug. um, And I just wanted to talk about Coven member Maddie Brown, who runs westcoastcovens.com. And they sell beautiful witchy art with a mission. And right now they're selling a My Body, My Choice print. And a percentage of sales is given to Planned Parenthood, which, as we know, provides sexual health services to thousands across the nation, as well as End the Backlog, which is an organization committed to encouraging the testing of thousands of rape kits that are sitting untouched in evidence storage lockers. I know we talk Mm -hmm. about that a lot. Mm -hmm. We want those fuckers Mm -hmm. to get tested. Mm -hmm. Um, We're also coming up on a big election and a lot of folks feel really helpless. So this is just a reminder to register to vote and also put your money in a productive place um, in creative ways that can support small businesses with big missions. So Mm -hmm. check out westcoastcovens.com. Nice. And fight the patriarchy. All of those things. Yeah. Who doesn't? Nice. Good lard. All right. Good lard. Good lard. I love a scoop Uh, of good lard. What I had for dinner, basically. Um, All right. This week's topic is Colorado crimes. I am so excited. I'm going to Colorado in two days. Are you you so excited? Yes. Colorado is one of the most beautiful places on earth, I Mm. think. It is really beautiful. Yeah. Um, And this topic is brought to you by fan picker Chloe Lindsay. Thank you, Chloe. Get after it, Chloe Lindsay. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you were at our Denver live show, which was super fun. I really hope so. (laughs) That was a good one. Yeah, that I'll be talking one. about it in my wine pairing. Don't worry. <laughs> Do you yeah. even remember it? <laughs> Good question. I'll be talking about it in my wine pairing. All right. Well, then let's get right to it. What is our <laughs> wine crime pairing for Colorado crimes? Well, this week we are drinking Wink Wine Club's Sauvetage Rosé. And just a quick reminder that Wink is an amazing online wine club that delivers wine to your door. And they are an incredible sponsor for our show. You can buy wine in bulk or a la carte. I recommend (laughs) bulk, but both are great. And they have an incredible inventory of exclusive wines that are in a price range that makes it seem like you can afford 
to go to the moon, but mm. it's actually within your budget. It's like the like quality of can, the wine is incredible for the price. You can be a regular person and like a regular millennial with like not that much disposable income yeah. and yet still afford to be a member of a wine subscription club. Yeah, it's amazing. So mm -hmm. if you haven't joined yet, we highly encourage that you do and you can get $20 off your first box of wine. Um, a, an official box is four or more bottles and then they take care of the shipping on those boxes and you can get that additional $20 off by going to trywink.com forward slash gals. That's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C.com forward slash gals for 20 bucks off your first box. Highly recommend it. We love Wink. Mm-hmm. Um, so this rosé is absolutely freaking gorgeous, y'all. Mm -hmm. And um, the word sauvetage translates in English to rescue, which oh. I'm sure, A, is needed often in the unruly terrain and elevation of Colorado. But more importantly, <laughs> rescue was what I needed during our Denver show's <laughs> meet and greet, <laughs> where I was so high I could barely see and I had yeah. completely lost my voice from also being sick toward the end of the tour. So I also yeah. could not speak. So I relied entirely on nonverbal communication yeah. with the line of what felt like 500 people. And what I was told afterward was only maybe 60. I don't believe it. it was super, it's not possible. It was like the shortest line we had all no. summer. No, it wasn't. Tell the people what you did approximately 25 minutes before we went on stage. Well, okay. I had taken a yeah. gummy in the cab on the way to the show and I was feeling really good. And um, right before we went on, I was like, I kind of want to take another one, but I'm not sure. And I texted my partner and was like, should I do this? And they were like, eh, if you're feeling good, maybe you should just stick with where you're at. And I was like, I'm flipping a coin. She let so fate I decide. That's not the answer I want. I flipped a coin. <laughs> and I mean, the coin said, take another gummy. So I did. And like right in time for my fucking segment, I was on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> was it heads another gummy tails not not another gummy yeah i mean yeah pretty much you didn't exactly <laughs> call it before you flipped the coin i did too i said heads i take another i didn't say tails i don't take another but i did say heads i take another and it came up heads both kenyon and i were both like i don't say i well i don't know oh, whatever oh, it's okay in her mouth. she's okay. doing it she's flipping a coin <laughs> i Holy took half shit. of one gummy and I was real gone on stage and like spilled rosé on a hamburger from yeah. the audience. <laughs> yeah, that part I remember. Oh, the hamburger was, oh, God damn it, Colorado, we loved you so much. I we will be back. at all. What's wrong with me? I don't know. I know so anyway, every other day. I know, enough was, <laughs> I know enough about myself to know that I, to be stoned on stage in front of hundreds of people is not a place I want to be. Mm -hmm. But that's just it me. It sounds like we were being very unprofessional, but actually we were just having fun. Well, we were we doing were. our job because the whole theme was mile high crime. So really. I was just committed to my role as completely blasted. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say it was an Oscar worthy performance. And it was very method because it was it not was a performance. Extremely method. Super method. All it was right. also the quietest you've ever been. 
Oh, I know. I've never been quieter unless I was asleep. And even then I talk. So (laughs) yeah, it was a highlight moment of the summer. It really took me back and I'm still waiting for my sauvetage. To come Um, now. (laughs) So this wine has tasting notes of candied lemon, pink grapefruit, which again, these are basically the flavors of the gummies that we were eating. Um, Rose petal and minerality. This is a blend of Grenache, Syrah, and Cinso. So like, fuck, Mm. it's all my favorite. These are my favorite things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it hails from the home of Rosé, Provence, France. Sorry, not Colorado. Since Colorado wine is actually not widely distributed, and the ones that I looked up that sounded good, I could not get my hands on. But Mm -hmm. like Colorado, sunshine is plentiful in this area, (laughs) and a wide range of soil compositions (laughs) creates a high level of mineral complexity in this wine. Nailed it. (laughs) Sabotage was produced using the direct press method, and the final blend is a classic provincial-style rosé, light dry about 13 percent apv it's absolutely perfect and it's gorgeous like the color is this like pale dusty rose petal pink i just i cannot wait to dive into it i need it. to order four bottles of this in my four next wink cases of this <laughs> 20 bottles of this All right. Anyway, it is a popper. So if you are in need of a wine key to get into your wine, head to wineandcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com and purchase a nice pop wine key because it is truly a magical piece of equipment. It's a magic Mm -hmm. wand for wine. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready for a pop? I'm Mm -hmm. ready. Here we go. I'm not wearing a bra and I usually like tuck the bottle between my breasts, but they're really saggy right now. <laughs> what? That's not holding anything. Yeah. Ouch. So no, it helps. Okay, here we go. Stabilizes. I here she come. Oh God. She's a <laughs> tough cookie. Here we go. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh nice. The nice cleavage pop. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, really oh. surprising. Well, saggy pop, since I didn't even have cleavage to work with today. <laughs> I'm filling her to the top because a little bird told me Lucy is doing a drunk dive after this. Sure am. Yes. Oh, yes. shit. So I will be filling so mine up as well. I'm already a little toasty. Casual Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Um, Also, uh, if you want to access those drunk dives, we have a drunk dive episode every month for Patreons only. That is people donating at any level, $1 a month on up. We do not discriminate. And And if you join now, you get access to all of the other content that's on there. So we have like a Mm -hmm. year plus worth of drunk dives that you can dig into. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be adding uh, new Patreon-only mm-hmm. content very soon, so stay tuned. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be so awesome. I'm so excited for it. I am mm-hmm. fucking thrilled. So yeah, Da-da. Patreon's the place to be, y'all. All right, so drink up. And, uh, La, what, what do you got to tell us about Colorado? Got some weird fucking facts about Colorado for you. Because I tried I love weird facts. <laughs> I try, I realize I've been slacking a little bit on like psychology, but Colorado was just not the time to start. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's a place and a time for psychology, and sometimes our topics 
don't really give room. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's yeah. not your fault. I just went through mm, probably half a dozen listicles of uh, oh my God, like weird facts about Colorado. Some of them were straight up incorrect. So, I tried to uh, back myself up a little bit here. Uh, okay. okay. So, I thought this was weird. I mean, they're all weird, but here we go. It is illegal to throw snowballs at a person or a building in Aspen, Colorado. Good. That should be universal <laughs> law. I agree. So someone has some trauma that they're clearly I working through. I don't want through. to talk about it. I hate <laughs> snowball throwing. It's unnecessary. It's yeah. painful. I don't have mm-hmm. a very good arm, so like... I could throw one back, but then it would just result in nothing but like cold fingers for me. No, I'm not going to hit weak. anyone. I, I'm weak. I bruise like a peach, and I'm a terrible athlete. Yeah, snowball mm-hmm. fights are fucking awful. No, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, I agree. And if you get a snowball to the face when you're wearing glasses, hello, oh. there's like nothing oh. worse. Try oh. an eye patch, okay? Yeah. Try yeah. being involved in a snowball fight with no depth perception and an eye patch. Do mm-hmm. I detect someone else's trauma? I tried to rein it in, but it came out. It, it seeps out. I'm telling you, this is mm-hmm. why it should just, snow, snow should be illegal. Speaking of past traumas and legislation passed because of said past traumas, it is also illegal to herd pigs in public in Boulder. (laughs) (laughs) That is probably fair. I am always so curious about the specific incident <laughs> that triggers some of these laws. Or like that when you should see, be an episode. It really should be. Like my one of my favorite things is when you see like a sign posted in a restaurant and it's something really bizarre that they're like warning you not to do or like explicitly telling you not to do, and you're like, what happened here? I have a to little need mm-hmm. that sign. I have a little sign that says all tigers must be leashed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, remind me. I have a joke to tell at the end of this episode. I will try, but I plan on being drunk. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to be wasted, so. Well, remind me. Okay, next weird fact. Nederland, it might be Nederland, but I did consult our good friend Jess, who lives in in, um, Boulder, I think, or maybe Denver, Mm -hmm. if it's Nederland or Nederland, and she said Nederland, so we're going with that. Nederland, Colorado hosts... Not only a corpse that has been cryogenically frozen for decades, but also oh. the Frozen Dead Guy Days Festival. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Known as one of the most unique and quirky festivals in the country. Not to be, well, I, I've been to the Testicle Festival and I think it's in like Arizona. That was fun. Oh my word. Uh, Frozen Dead Guy Days takes place in the Colorado mountain town of Nederland. Three days of frosty merriment featuring 30 live bands in heated super tents and outrageous events like coffin racing. Hello. No. Oh, we have to go. Yeah, we do. Yeah, it's March 13th through 15th, 2020. Um, That's not it. Mm -hmm. Costume, uh, coffin racing, costumed polar plunging. I'm good. I'm good on that. Mm-hmm. Frozen t-shirt contests. <laughs> <laughs> the and, new wet t-shirt t-shirt and contest. Much, much more. Much more. Celebrating its 19th year in 2020, Frozen Dead Guy Days continues to be a world-renowned spectacle. The homegrown Frosty Fest pays homage to Brito Morstall, 
who is frozen in a state of suspended animation and housed in a tough shed. That's T-U-F-F. I'm pretty sure that's the brand name of the shed. (laughs) Sponsored Tough Days. Yeah, (laughs) sponsored by Tough Shed on on dry ice high above Nederland. So, again, that's March 13th through 15th. Wow. Like up in a mountain or like in a building? Booking my tickets. Yeah. Uh, Well, I think I put a photo of the shed on the drive, which will be on the blog. Uh, It just looks like a plastic shed with like maybe drawers. Yeah, but it says suspended high above Nederland. I'm wondering where it, like, do they, for the festival, do they like put it on a crane? No, I think it's just like on a hill above Nederland. I don't know. Looking down on Nederland. I mean, I'm here for it. I'm just real scared of it. It'd be funny (laughs) if he was literally suspended, like soaring over the festival. They bring in a crane every year and just like fucking who's that magician who just sits in a glass box? David Blaine oh, yeah. or uh-huh. some shit. Yep. They just David Blaine this dead guy over over a town for 48 <laughs> hours. I love David Blaine. Okay. Who does Oh, here's a little bit of psychology. According to a recent Wallet Hub survey, Colorado is the 18th happiest state in the United States in 2019. Pretty good. And might I add that Iowa is number 8? And Minnesota is number three. Oh, my God. And Wisconsin is number 52. Suck it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) Um, The name Colorado comes from the words color red. This is allegedly comes from Spanish, but could also just as well stem from English. Color red. What's red in Spanish? Rojo. Rojo. Color Rojo. I don't know. It's like a mix of them. Anyway, the color comes, the color red comes from the muddy waters of the Colorado River. Nice. Colorado. Which is filled with human blood. Mm. Okay. (laughs) Coming down from all the pig farms in Canada. True Mm -hmm. that. Mm Mm-hmm. The term cheeseburger was originally trademarked by Louis Ballast, or maybe Louis Ballast, of Denver's Humpty Dumpty Drive-In in March 1935. I tried to get more information, but I couldn't really find anything, but there is a rad photograph of who I can only assume to be the manager of this restaurant and the founder of the name Cheeseburger, surrounded by these ladies with ridiculous costumes on. Let me see. Uh, Do you see it? Yeah, I got a refresh. This Humpty Dumpty building looks wacky. It's insane. I love it. The building itself is an egg. The building kind of looks like a cowboy hat. And you know that those women aren't in costumes. They're in uniforms, right? Yeah. Another word for uniforms. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Cool. Speaking of food, I'm so hungry. Root beer floats were also invented in Colorado in 1893, and they were originally called the Black Cow. Oh, oh my God. I love this. All right. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had um ah uh, what the fuck is it called? It's like a Brooklyn root version of a root beer float. No, why You're am I blinking it. on this You're right now? You're nailing it. What's it? Fuck. What's in it? Is there root beer involved? Hmm. I have heard like of milk? a Bronx cheer. I'm sure that's what you're talking about. 
Hold, give me a second. Zach? Oh, Jesus oh Christ. My I'm God. moving on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's the name of a... Oh, my God. What's the name of the Brooklyn root beer float thing? Casual egg Tuesday. Cream. An egg cream. Oh, okay. Well, that was Not even close to a root beer float, but nice. It's similar. I hate yeah. it. <laughs> it's like soda right. and egg white. That's there's not even ice cream in it. Oh well, get out of here! I don't like it. <laughs> Go lie down. Bronx Casual here for you. Tuesday. Hey Zach. Babe. 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 What's that disgusting drink from <laughs> that filthy city? <laughs> Whatever. Oh, an egg cream. Got it. Got oh, it. Amanda, this one harkens back to your wine pairing. Colorado Springs, Colorado is home to more than 300 days of sunshine per year, making it one of the sunniest places in the country. Mm Mm-hmm. There you go. And the easiest place, because of all that sun, to see people in need of rescue. You're welcome. (laughs) There are tons of those people. (laughs) It all circles back. Tons of people need saving, so... Oh my God. <laughs> Colorado, that. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, color me shocked at that horrible <laughs> pun. While Colorado currently has 271 incorporated municipalities, it's estimated that there was once more than 1,500 ghost towns in the state left over from the mining area. And even today, a little over 600 ghost towns remain. Wow. Mm -hmm. Loving that. Miners. I want to go to a ghost town. Yeah. Yeah. We need a little, we need a road trip. Yep. To a ghost town. The gals yep. go camp out in a ghost town, get cursed. Yes. <laughs> Fish for some nuggets. <laughs> Ever mm. heard of the Four Corners Monument? Yes, no. I have. <laughs> no, I haven't. It's where the four most square-shaped states oh. meet. So that's Colorado, yeah, okay. Utah, Arizona, and New Mexico. Uh, so, fun fact about that, studies have suggested that the monument is actually located a couple of miles away from the official spot where all of those states meet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, every stupid fucking family photo you've taken at that place, like, we're all in a different state. <laughs> uh, yep. You're not. Totally. You're all in Colorado. Okay. The 13th step of the state capitol building in Denver is exactly one mile above sea level, lending the city its nickname of the Mile High City. Also, the fact that we were super high most of the time we were in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I like this one. There's a restaurant in Denver called the Buckhorn Exchange. I've been there before. It is bizarre. That's a spooky little bitch place. Tell me more. Nice. There are yeah. 575 pieces of taxidermied animals all over <gasps> every room, including but yes. not limited to deer, moose, giant buffalo, mountain goats, bighorn sheep, dozens of indigenous fowl, even a two-headed calf, and a legendary jackalope. <gasps> oh, the elusive jackalope. A real life Gotta jackalope. Love it. <laughs> Established in 1893, a.k.a. the year of the root beer, it's Denver's <laughs> oldest restaurant. The and year the, of the rooster. And the first restaurant in Colorado to get its liquor license back after Prohibition ended. They were on it. Good job, Buckhorn. 
So the food was really good. They have a bunch of weird shit on the menu. They have like ostrich on the menu, like lots of weird game. Mm-hmm. Um, ostrich is delicious, by the way. It tastes like filet mignon. Okay. I didn't order it's that. It's pretty good. I had it in Africa. Mm-hmm. They have really nice cocktails. And uh, the whole time I was eating, I was just thinking like how often all these animals get like dusted. Because there's animals Ooh. everywhere. Yeah. I don't know. I'm neurotic, turns out. and uh, <laughs> But the food was amazing. Highly recommend the Buckhorn Exchange. Um, Ke- nice. Kenyon, this one's for you. Okay. The first Stegosaurus fossil was found in Colorado <laughs> near Morrison in 1876, 17 years before root beer was invented. I like every part of that. Don't really know why it's for me, besides my inability to craft dinosaurs out of clay. I'm literally wearing a t-shirt with dinosaurs on it right now and looking for the stegosaurus so I can see how many horns it should have. I think I got stegosaurus and triceratops mixed up while I was writing these notes. Correct. You did. There you go. Whatever. Well, Amanda, this one's for you. The first Chipotle Ooh. opened in Denver Ooh. in 1993. Oh, my nice. God. She's like, I, I hate Chipotle. Chipotle. I like Qdoba. <laughs> no, I love Chipotle. <laughs> my mom calls it Chipotle. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Your mom's a stubborn lady. <laughs> mm-hmm. Chipotle. Chipotle and Enrique Iglesias. I can't. What's her ensemble today? <laughs> 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 Give her an old tomato. <laughs> Take her outside for some chef air. <laughs> oh my God. When we went to the state fair, she and I went to the state fair together and she brought an, a, like an extra bag <laughs> for things that she might need. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Which Did included. Scar. You gave us an inventory. It's amazing. Included <laughs> like avocados, an extra bra. A night scarf. She had a day scarf, but needed a night scarf. <laughs> yep. Band-aids, um, a Pepsi, bottled water, which like I'm on top of, I'm on board for all of that. God, what else? Oh, um, she brought a fan that then she was too embarrassed to use when it got hot. <laughs> but it was like a battery operated fan. It wasn't like no, a No, it was fan. not. It was like a paper fan, like a clack fan. Oh, I thought it was a battery operated fan. And then I said I wanted to use it and she wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have brought your daddy fan in I fairness. Know. I really should have. Oh this bag was exquisite. I don't remember what else was in there. There was like a second pair of shoes. I was like, what do you mm-hmm. think is going to happen today? The extra bra was my favorite part. Extra bra. A night scarf. She has she has snacks like granola bars in the glove compartment of her minivan for my grandfather when she drives him to his appointments. Yeah, she's her good mom. That is a good yeah, mom. She's move. a good mom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, a bag of grapes. Mm, I was like, yeah. we're going to the state fair. We're gonna buy food. What are you doing? <laughs> And then I texted back. I was like, where are the Tums and the Band-Aids and the, and the Benadryl and the blah, blah, blah. And, she, and Amanda was like, oh, that was in the first aid kit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was in there. Don't worry. The other She's bag. got it. The other bag. Yep. All right. Anyway. So one of the world's biggest reptile farms is located in Mosca, Mosca, Moscato, mm. Colorado. 
called the yep. Colorado Gators Reptile Park. The farm is located on a geothermal well, so the water Ooh. stays, like, pretty warm. And the owners first started it as a tilapia and African perch farm. Yum. And then mm. they bought a hundred alligators to help dispose of fish processing waste. But oh my I God. am going to puke everywhere. But I love this. But soon, like the like the neighbors wanted to come like look at the alligators. So in nineteen ninety the farm went public to become the attraction that it is today. Look at that. Okay. This is like the most natural, normal progression of things like if this i ever the have American the question dream. how does somebody end up with an alligator farm this makes so much sense to me absolutely mm-hmm. so you gotta do something mm-hmm. with the fish crap yeah and it's all natural Ugh. oh natural oh i can only imagine how gross those tanks were i can't you guys i can't. i've had way too much jack daniels to talk about fish processing keep it down <laughs> keep it down <laughs> Just another <laughs> word for poop. It's fine. Mm. Speaking Cut. of poop, I gave my partner the gift of fossilized poop from the rock show that I went Ugh. the other day, which I had to explain to him three times was not a concert. It was a show <laughs> to show. buy rocks it's called the and minerals. Show. Yeah. And so I gave it to him and I was like, it's poop because I give a shit about you. And he totally <laughs> did not. Go for it. <laughs> he wasn't into it. <laughs> Not as much as I had hoped, and I know you're listening. You. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really thought he'd love it, and I think it just kind of weirded him out more than anything. It really looks like poop. It's like you. a little poop. It's a it's poop. I love it. I'll take the. It's poop. great. <clears throat> I give a shit about you. Oh. Colorado is the only state in history to turn down hosting the Olympics. Ooh, I wonder why they did that. I'll tell you. Do you know why? Oh. The city of Denver chose not to host the 1976 Winter Olympics because of concerns concerns about pollution, cost, and an influx in population. So all which the, they're getting nowadays anyway. Well, the three main things that completely destroys every city that chooses to host the Olympics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just be like, what a fucking waste. We shouldn't even mm-hmm. do the Olympics I, anymore, honestly. Fucking I, seriously. I don't get it. Sports are stupid. Why don't we just start hosting the Hunger Games? Yeah. Crackdown on population. Right. At least there'd be a population reduction. <laughs> Speaking of the Hunger Games, I recently saw an episode of um, some new TV show that is like The Voice, but it's like celebrities in like elaborate the masked yeah, singer. singer it's i have been trying to get you all to watch this since the last season yeah. now you're finally on board i'm not on board because it is the hunger games i felt like i was in the capital i'm watching obsessed this thing. with it it's too crazy for me spelling Ugh. it was it's horrifying so good yeah <laughs> I've only seen mm. the ads, truth be told, but it's just eerie. T Pain was like on it. it. Who? Come on. I don't like it. T Pain. Uh, is he relevant oh. still? <laughs> no, that's why he went on the masked singer. <laughs> <laughs> it's Duh. like so you think you can dance for people who don't think they can dance. <laughs> it's pretty not much good. I love it. 
Okay, between national forests, national grasslands, national parks, national monuments, native reservations, national lampoons, lampoons, (laughs) and land owned by the Bureau of Land Management, the federal government owns more than one-third of Colorado. Like, land. Holy heck. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Colfax Avenue in Denver, ever heard of it? is over 26 miles long, making it the longest continuous commercial street in the United States. Wow. That is that is very long. I feel like Shit. when we were in Denver, fucking everything was off of Colfax. Did you not notice I that? Was, I was no. not paying attention no, uh, at any point. Okay. The highest city in the U.S. is Leadville, Colorado, Which is like, okay, interesting in itself, but I liked that it was named such because there were already too many towns that started with the word silver. (laughs) So (laughs) they just went with lead. Oh (laughs) my God. Precious (laughs) Metalsville. They're like, we've had enough. (laughs) Steelsville. Uh, just a few more facts for you. Built in 1913, the Park Theater in Estes Park is the oldest movie theater in Colorado and one of the oldest movie theaters in the world. Cute. It's I love that. It's definitely haunted. I wonder if it still like shows movies. If it's like an IMAX theater now. Oh my God, no. it's an AMC. <laughs> Get at us, people near Estes Park. The world's highest suspension bridge, which there is a photo on the drive just to give you the weeble wobbles, is over the Royal Gorge, which is over the Arkansas River at a height of 1,053 feet. And just because I knew you would ask, I Googled this, it would take just over 10 seconds of falling before you hit the ground if you fell off this bridge. Okay. Should we count to 10 Mississippi? Yes. Okay, ready? I'm on the edge. I'm about to fall. Ah, I'm oh. falling. One, 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 one Mississippi. Two, two Mississippi. Three, three Mississippi. Mississippi. Four, four Mississippi. Mississippi. Oh. Five, Mississippi. Oh. Six, Mississippi. I wish I could Seven, see my loved one. Eight, Mississippi. My life is Nine, Mississippi. Ten. Oh. You're dead. Oh. <laughs> Jesus, I've had sex that lasted less time than that. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> that also, that is good podcasting, yep. folks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's count to 10 so we know how long 10 seconds With Kenyon's is. Kenyon's half-second delay, that was probably the it's most incredible. annoying thing. That's, that's why I stopped counting. <laughs> God bless you. Okay, last but certainly not least surprising fact I have, Colorado has more microbreweries per capita than any other state. That nice. feels right. Colorado, it's all that good I water. Like it's all know the good how water. to live. Yeah. All right, well, that's my, that's my segment. <laughs> Sounds good. Fucking all right. phenomenal. Should we hear a word from our sponsors? Do it. Yes, please. We all know that familiar frustration, bottles upon bottles upon bottles, piling up in your bathroom, each one falsely promising a miracle solution that only, like, kind of works. Can't really tell if it Mm -hmm. works, but what if there was just one shampoo and conditioner that could truly do it all? Ugh. There is. That's what's so great about Function of Beauty because Function of Beauty addresses all of your hair needs, not just one. Most drugstore brands only address a single hair concern like volumize or color protection, um, like strengthening, shine, you know, curl management, et cetera, et cetera. And ultimately, they make you choose 
you know, which one you care about the most. But with Function of Beauty, you can choose up to five hair goals to add to your formulation. I love this because I have very thin hair. I have fine hair. I have color-treated hair. I have straight hair. I don't have much hair. (laughs) You have a lot of hair needs. Yeah, I do. I have a lot of hair needs. And Function of Beauty, like, I took their quiz and it's just like, do you need this? Yup. Do you need this? Yup. Do you need this? Yup. It checks so many boxes. And this is the world's first and most custom shampoo. It is seriously customizable. They have over 54 trillion. That's right, trillion. It is so trill. How many trillion combinations that they have? <laughs> Function Beauty individually formulates every bottle based on your hair type, your hair goals, and aesthetic preferences. So I have like I have a a color protecting shampoo that for fun, I wanted it to be blue, even though it doesn't deposit color in your hair. It just helps protect your color. And I liked the very just like elegant, very subtle peach scent. It smells so good. Yeah, but you can do stuff that's completely scent free, completely dye free. There's other unique fragrances that you can choose from. It is amazing. It is so personalized. And then they will put your name on the bottle. So I have a couple different formulas in my Function of Beauty wardrobe. My personal favorite is Function of Munders, one of my many nicknames. And that one <laughs> is my like intensely color protecting shampoo. And it's also volumizing and it smells so good. I love it. And they only use safe, natural ingredients. Function of Beauty never uses sulfates, parabens, phthalates, mineral oils, or any other harmful ingredients in any of its products. Like sulfates, strip color, and uh, what is it? Like moisture from your hair so bad. I'm so Mm -hmm. glad to be using a shampoo that doesn't have that in it. It makes me so happy. Yeah. Function of Beauty is where it's at. And our listeners will receive 20% off their first order. To redeem, head to functionofbeauty.com forward slash gals and take that hair quiz. We love a good Oh, yeah. They ship to the U.S. and many locations worldwide. Go to functionofbeauty.com forward slash gals. That's G-A-L-S to get 20% off your custom formula. Treat your hair. OMG Trader. It is no surprise to us or any of our listeners that Rothy's has quickly grown to a most loved gotta have them brand. Seriously, I have so many pairs now. It's scary. Uh, And it just, it doesn't surprise me at all that they have over 1,000 nearly perfect reviews because this is a perfect flat. It literally is perfect. We don't, I I don't need any other shoes. No. And I also get compliments on them constantly. I'm bombarded with compliments on my Rothy's. It happens every day. My Rothy's are really good for my Mm -hmm. ego. Rothy's are the perfect everyday shoes for life on the go. They are stylish. They are comfortable. They are sustainable. They go with everything from jeans and slacks to dresses and skirts. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't want to wear clothes. You just want to wear your Rothy's around the house. I've done that. Yeah. They go really well with a bathrobe (laughs) when you're taking out the recycling. (laughs) Especially the point. Yeah. In flame. So fancy. Lipstick for your feet. Totally. Rothy's come in an ever-changing array of colors, prints, and patterns, and they are available in a range of styles like sneakers. I got to get those sneakers. I want... My sister just got the sneakers. They are so cute. Oh, my God. I can't wait. uh, Loafers are also my current favorite. Amanda and I have matching loafers in that mocha leopard spot print. Oh, they're so cute. They're so comfortable. I wear those all Mm. the time. Mm -hmm. I also am... 
maybe a little bit embarrassed, but mostly proud to say that I have three pairs of the points. <laughs> yeah, you do. They come in so many cute colors, which are, by the way, constantly selling mm-hmm. out. I've definitely fought with Kenyon over a certain color because we have the same size feet. Go figure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's incredible. And they launch new colors and patterns every week. Like I said, they sell out constantly. I, I, and I get their emails, too. Yeah. It's 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 ba- it's almost bad because I open their emails every time. I'm like, ooh, what do they have? Oh, I, I buy next? love and, getting the emails about their new styles. But I totally oh get God. what you're saying because now I have like 50 pairs of Rothy's. But... I don't regret it because I rotate these shoes constantly. They're, they are an absolutely, like, integral staple of my wardrobe. They're machine washable. Oh, my God. Which is I a can't. huge perk. Don't get me started. I can't even. And they're made from recycled plastic water bottles. So Rothy's has actually diverted over 35 million water bottles from landfills already and counting. So I feel good about it when I buy them. Mm-hmm. As if you needed any other excuse. So check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash gals. Go to rothys.com, that's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash gals to get your new favorite flats, comfort, style, and sustainability. These are the shoes you have been waiting for. They are sent from heaven above. Head to rothys.com slash gals today and treat your feet. Treat them. I got a lot of background that is not relevant, so I'm just going to blurst through it and then get to the good parts. Nothing like beefing up your case unnecessarily. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. So this story begins with a man named Lewis Herbert Belonger, who was born on May 13th, 1849. It's pronounced baloney. Baloney. (laughs) Twenty-six um, years before root beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, eighteen forty-nine. However many years before root beer. Math. Speaking of root beer, I have to burp. Oh my god. Okay, it was a silent one. Okay, he was born in Swanton, Vermont, as the eighth of thirteen children. No thanks. Ick. <laughs> my vagina hurts just hearing that. <laughs> right. Yeah. His mom didn't need to do Kegels. She just gave birth. Um, His parents were both immigrants. His father, Peter, a stonemason, had been born in Canada and had French ancestry. And his mother, Judith, had been raised in an orphanage in Ireland, which sounds miserable. Bleak. When Lewis... Yeah, yeah, bleak house. Yikes. When Lewis was five, his family moved from Vermont to Schulzburg, Wisconsin. Double bleak. This is rough. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Neve Schulz. This is the darkest case you've ever covered. <laughs> <laughs> Where a small boom town was starting to emerge due to the lead mining industry in the area. Lesville. <laughs> this is so bleak. It's just winter so- <laughs> for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> I've only eaten potatoes for the first eight years of my life. Um, At some point in his early teen years, he began using a shortened version of his last name, styling himself as Lou Blonger. Okay, so he (laughs) shortened it by taking out one letter. By taking out, he was Lewis Belonger, and now he's Lou Blonger. That is a hundred times worse. (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) He doesn't belong here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my that god, my dad when he was a pretty long name. My dad when he was in <laughs> high school, he went to a Jesuit high school, so he was taught by like all nuns. 
mm-hmm. they were doing their student government. And he and his buddies entered in a fake, like, contestant. I, get, I, know, that could, I know that's not the right word, but, like, running person for student mm-hmm. government to go Candidate. up against... Candidate. There it is. I'm tired. <laughs> to go up against this guy named Neil who was running. And the fake candidate they made was named Bill Omi. And their campaign <laughs> po- posters and signs would say, like, you won't have to stoop to kneel, but you'll have to kneel to Bill Omi. <laughs> <laughs> and they all got in trouble. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of that. Your dad? <laughs> My dad and like, his weird little friends. Your dad <laughs> and his weird school. little friends. He was such antics. a fucking prankster. He was such a prankster yeah. in college, too. What a little shit. But yeah, <laughs> below me. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, in 1864, three days before his 15th birthday, Lou followed in the footsteps of two of his older brothers and joined the Union Army in the Civil no. War. He was 14. Holy shit. But because he was too young to fight, he was mustered in as a fifer, basically a flute player that accompanied the combat soldiers into battle yeah. because that was apparently a really key job in the military a at flutist. the time. I love mustard. I was a flautist in the 4th Infantry. I was mustard in. I love mustard. Oh, my God. All right, but Lou was only a fifer fifer for a few weeks before he suffered a leg injury and spent the remainder of his enlistment period recovering in a hospital in Chicago. And practicing Mm. piano. Bone spurs that nobody could find any medical document to support. Did he drop his flute case on his foot? <laughs> that would be amazing if it was a flute leg injury. <laughs> uh, when the war ended, another of Lou's older brothers, Sam, who had not joined the army but had instead headed west to Colorado. There we go. As a prospector. That's not the only link in this case, don't worry. Uh, (laughs) his brother once lived in Colorado (laughs) moving on I would Uh, love if you had done that special thanks (laughs) (laughs) so Sam joined his baby bro in Illinois Sam supported Lou through finishing high school and enrolling in college business classes but the two were soon tempted by the possibilities of the western frontier it proves too tempting for some of them. Mm-hmm. The brothers spent years moving from boomtown to boomtown along the path of the newly completed Transcontinental Railroad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ever heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> and they had a system. In each town, Lou would open a saloon and Sam would develop mining claims in the nearby mountains and race horses for fun in his spare time. I love this system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they had a good thing going, and it just gets better. Uh, when the two got bored or were tempted by better prospects, they would move on to a new town, briefly settling in numerous locations throughout Nevada, Utah, Colorado, and New Mexico. During one stint in the up-and-coming railroad town of New Albuquerque, which I dare you to try to spell. <laughs> um, I can no. spell Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Nailed it. (laughs) 
Which is actually Albus's full name. Albuquerque. No. Albuquerque. No, it is not. (laughs) (laughs) The brothers began to branch out a bit from their usual saloon and mining routine. Instead, they combined forces. Sam was appointed marshal of New Albuquerque (laughs) in... 1882, and almost immediately deputized his little brother. Oh, no. Which is very cute, but also a recipe for disaster. Deputized? That sounds like a (laughs) felony. (laughs) He nepotismed his little brother. Um, And they certainly enjoyed their newfound power. Descriptions of this time of their lives are straight out of every Wild West movie. They engaged in shootouts in the town center, Mm. which I imagine were half for entertainment purposes. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) They jailed lawless bad guys, and they still had time for other pursuits like prospecting and running a brothel. They're supporting the local academy. I, I, like I mean, right. I'm pro small mm-hmm. business. They're jacks of all right. trades. Mm-hmm. They're blongers. Um, <laughs> they even <laughs> supposedly provided shelter to Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday when those two were on the lamb, which is a different story, but, you know, part of the Wild West shtick. But the brothers were maybe a little too enthusiastic in their pursuit of justice because Sam Blonger was, quote, relieved of his duties as marshal after only five months on the job. My God. How bad do you have to be at your job to get relieved of your duties in like a desert town of like 25? (laughs) In New Albuquerque. Albuquerque. And yet... Current modern day police can like shoot people of color in the street and still mm-hmm. keep their fucking jobs. Uh-huh. Yeah. The yeah. president. Get paid, get paid time off. Um the brothers then left New Albuquerque, going their separate ways for the first time in their adult lives. Lou spent the next couple years bouncing around several New Mexico towns. In 1884, he married, but that marriage only lasted five years, and then he quickly remarried to a vaudeville actress named Cora Lyons, who went by Nola. Oh, my God. Goals. Um, Because Cora was too long, so she had to go by Nola. (laughs) She had to shorten it to another four-letter name. Curl Blong. (laughs) (laughs) Cora Nola Blonger. Um, And he would stay married to her until his death. In... Another strange episode in 1888, a woman going by the name Kitty Blonger, where you might think that she would be his wife, but she wasn't, shot and killed a man in an Arizona brothel for trying to break into her room. Fair. Fucking good. Cha. Um, Lou Sush... Lou soon showed up and paid for her defense and then stayed through her trial at which she was acquitted. Um, And so the exact nature of Lou and Kitty's relationship has never really been determined, Um, but it's likely that she was one of the sex workers working in the brothel that he had been running previously. Okay. Are we at any of the parts where this is relevant? No. Um, Great. No. (laughs) 
I want to know how much to invest in any of the people that you've talked about. Oh, well, that Lou is the person. Invest in Lou. Oh, God. All right. So (laughs) soon after Kitty's trial, Lou moved to Denver. Here we go. Where he rejoined Sam and fully threw himself into the criminal underworld that he'd been skirting the edges of for so long. As you do. For I so finally for so blog. <laughs> Shortening his name again to blog. <laughs> Sam and Lou began operating several saloons together, but mostly the saloons served as a front for an elaborate illegal gambling ring. Oh, thank God. Here for it. The Blongers relied on henchmen that they called steerers who would lure gullible tourists into their saloons and then cheat them out of their money in various Mm -hmm. ways. Gullible tourists, party of one, I'd be all up in there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You'd be be a goner. Goner. Blonger. (laughs) In the early years, the brothers used simple cheating techniques such as loaded dice, but they soon developed more sophisticated cons. Like asking people to pan for gold. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mind if I do. (laughs) Like selling health supplements for smoothies or goat balls. Patterned leggings. Try these nail art stickers. Okay. As they developed these so called big cons, Lou realized that he no longer needed the relatively small haul of tourist money and loaded dice scams. So he's moving on up to bigger scams. He decided to abandon the saloon front entirely and work instead on targeting higher. Uh, end targets that would yield a bigger payday. Okay, okay. So he, I he like wants it. The the big fish. So Lou established a headquarters for himself inside Denver's American National Bank building. Oh, ballsy! And began presenting himself as a mining tycoon. And it wasn't totally untrue. Like the brothers had struck gold in a mine previously but it was more of like a steady income it wasn't like a vast fortune a boon yeah that he was that he was pretending so he was pretending to be like really wealthy um from his headquarters again inside the national bank building brilliant Lou cultivated support and protection from local politicians and law enforcement through a combination of bribery and blackmail. And he then changed be- his name to Trump. <laughs> <laughs> he also began presenting himself as a model citizen within Denver and made sure never to target Denver's own citizens with his scams. Smart. Right? I thought that was pretty cool. He instead focused on wealthy out-of-towners, millionaires, billionaires, uh, bankers, and wealthy farmers. His steerers grew in number, and he oversaw their cons as they raked in huge amounts of cash from these visitors. Nice. As Lou worked on developing more and more elaborate big cons, his brother Sam's influence and involvement kind of declined. So Sam was more 
He, Sam wasn't so into the big scams. And Lou instead took on a new partner and a second-in-command, a man named Adolf Duff, who went by the nickname Kid Duffy. Ever heard of him? <laughs> who had previously operated his own gang of con men. All right, so he's, you know, he's, he's uh, seasoned. Yeah. He's skilled. Kid Duffy. He's trained. He knows what's up, Fee. Kid Duffy began managing the details of coordinating the actual cons, leaving Blonger free to work on expanding his influence with politicians <laughs> and law enforcement. So Blonger is kind of Blonger <laughs> of house, <laughs> and Kid Duffy is back of house. So the cons run by Blonger's gang were varied and complex, but here is one example of how they worked. So stick with me here. I'm having a big gulp of Jack Daniels right now. Okay. So, a wealthy British man named Herbert J. Gray traveled to Denver seeking business connections. He was soon befriended by one of Blonger's steerers who introduced himself as Webb, not his real name, obviously. <gasps> I miss Webb. Webster. The dog. The dog Webb is perfect. He's just Webby like was a little. the sweetest dog. Just like a little muff. He is a little muff. This dog is still very much alive. Lucy's sister just isn't house-sitting, pet-sitting for this dog anymore. Yeah, yeah. Just to make yeah. that clear. <laughs> and very much alive is debatable. He's um, 82% alive. He's old. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so Gray, an actual wealthy guy, comes to Denver. He's befriended by a guy calling himself Webb, who offers to show him around, take him out to dinner, introduce him to some of the big players in town. At dinner, Webb pointed out another man named Reynolds, who had supposedly made a profit of $25,000 in the stock market in only a matter of a few minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Webb then led Gray to approach Reynolds, and Webb pretended that he knew Reynolds through a mutual friend and introduced himself and his new acquaintance, Mr. Gray. So again, Gray is the dude getting scammed. Webb is the scammer. Reynolds is the plant. Yep. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive Dr. Meredith Gray. Yep. <laughs> That's how I'm choosing to remember this. <laughs> um, You're Reynolds so put educated. On a- <laughs> You're welcome. Reynolds put on a show of being reluctant to talk to strangers, but he eventually warmed up. And this is like the best part of any con, which is getting the victim to do the convincing for you. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? Like if anyone has ever seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, the best film ever made. Okay. Um, so Reynolds then offered to help both Webb and Gray make a few investments in the stock exchange. Uh-oh. The next day, the con men brought Gray to a building that had been rigged up as a fake stock exchange by Blonger's men. Whoa. A fake stock exchange? Yep. Yikes. They built a whole like movie set essentially they just like raided the theater department of a local <laughs> high school and hired all these nerds to come in and do this it's just brilliant so they let great four cents on the dollar that's all i know bye 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 all right 
They let Gray start small by investing $20. And within minutes, they claimed his investment had doubled and they handed him $40. Because that is totally how investments work. Walk away. Yeah, that's how the stock market works. Walk away. They then repeated this with several, several other increasingly large investments, like, wow, it's doing so well, invest some more. Look at that, it's doubled. Here's your cash. Golly. Finally, Webb suggested that the three men go in together on buying a large block of oil stock. Okay. Gray agreed, and Webb offered to put up the money for the purchase and said he would split the profits with Gray minus what would have been Gray's share of the original principal. So they're really luring him in. They were like, yeah. look, you don't even need to put any money down. Yeah. They soon sold the oil stock at a profit and went to collect their winnings, again, from the fake stock exchange. They even went so far as to let Gray hold $75,000 in cash. Woof. And he was about to depart with it when the, quote, manager of the stock exchange explained that because he had bought the stock on credit, before taking his profit, he would need to prove that he could have put up the original investment. Oh, Also no. not how investing works. Yeah. No. They agreed to give him time to travel to England and then return to Denver with $25,000 in cash to, quote, repay Webb for buying the stock. I'd be like, why can't you just take a $25,000 cut mm-hmm. of the nope. stock? Nope. Didn't oh, occur to no. him. Honey, no. Honey, so he, no. He literally... Flew to England and then brought back twenty five grand. Is no, Doctor Gray. Or is he taking a steamer? It's probably a steamer. A Cleveland steamer. Um, <laughs> God. He did return with the money, and the three men went together to the stock exchange to sign papers so Gray could collect his portion of the profits. But here's the pièce de résistance. Before they left, Reynolds made another investment with Gray's money that he claimed would be a sure thing. Oh, yeah, I bet. Instead, of course, it wiped out the entire winnings plus the $25,000 within hours. Oh, no. Reynolds apologized and told Gray that he would pay him back. He just needed to travel out of town to get the money. Oh, I'm sure. Don't trust the stock market. Real or fake. The real one is fake. I mean, yeah. yeah. He suggested that Gray return to England and he would be in touch when he had the cash to pay him. Oh my God. And it wasn't until Gray returned across the pond for the second time that he realized he'd been swindled. And that's like, that's a shit ton of money now. But Mm -hmm. holy shit, that was a lot of money then. Back in Mm -hmm. the 60s. Yeah, Mm -hmm. in the 60s. Gray contacted Denver's district attorney when he realized he'd been swindled and was, like, wanting to do something about it. But the DA was almost certainly already in the pocket of Lou Blonger. Mm. Plus, Gray had no evidence of the theft other than a description of the two men. They had both given him fake names, of course, 
and a stock exchange that didn't even exist. Yeah. Good work, Gray. Well, and the DA belonged to Blonger. Right? <laughs> so what are you going to do? DA was basically like, I'm sorry, you don't belong in these parts. <laughs> she doesn't even go here. <laughs> just have a lot of feelings. <laughs> Uh, Blonger and his gang rotated the fake stock exchange scam with others that relied on fake mines, fake horse races, all kinds of elaborate scams. Most of these cons involved the targets agreeing to do something that was already vaguely illicit in order to make a quick profit, thus making them less likely to report the crime when they realized they'd been taken. Right. Which is just classic con. Everything about this is classic cons. As his wealth and influence grew, Lou Blonger expanded his gang's home base, relocating to Miami and Havana to run scams there during the winter months. Oh my God, they snowbirded their scams to Miami. (laughs) Snowblongers. They were snowblongers. Snowblonging. Oh, my God. Uh, The gang didn't bother with victims they couldn't take at least $5,000 from, but they took most of their marks for about $25,000 and a couple for as much as $200,000. Damn. And this is still the, like, early 1900s. (laughs) I love it. She's a lot of money. That's like a state revenue. In some places, I'm sure. It's a lot of money, yeah. Their high-effort, high-reward con artistry was extremely lucrative and allowed Blonger an enormous amount of power in Denver for decades because the more money they made, the more bribes they could pay, etc. Mo money, mo blong... Blonglums. <laughs> more bloglums, am I right? <laughs> more money, more blongers. <laughs> he be there when the blogger the gone. He be there when the blogger come. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it really blongs off the tongue. <laughs> bloglums. <laughs> mo money, mo bloglums. Um... <laughs> So this all changed in 1920 when Philip S. Van Sice was the Republican candidate up for election as Denver's new district attorney. Jonathan Van Sice. <laughs> Jonathan Van Ness. Yeah, that'd the be amazing. The Republican mayor. Yes. Republican yes, DA. Honey. That'd be fucking amazing. <laughs> Blonger, as he'd been doing for decades with up-and-coming political candidates, approached Van Sice before the election with promises of campaign contributions and guaranteeing voters. But to his surprise, Van Sice turned him down. Fucking moral high ground. Saw through his bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Bullshit. (laughs) He's not blonging for it. (laughs) What do you think I am? Blonged? That's his blind. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. She broke. She broke. (laughs) I love it. Okay, you can do this. This segment brought to you by Jack Daniels. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Van Sice. Blah, 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 you... blah, blah. I'm blogging it. <laughs> oh, my God. Van... Blogger, hardly know her. <laughs> okay. Can't keep making me laugh. Uh, okay. Can't Van... I, though? <laughs> Van Sice won the election without Blonger's assistance and upon taking office called a meeting with Blonger to let him know that one of his major priorities would be eliminating his criminal gang. <laughs> so it's very, yeah, it's very um, Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk. Be- Blord- <laughs> Boardwalk Blemplier. <laughs> Blemplier. <laughs> it is very Boardwalk Blemplier. <laughs> I'm so sweaty. Boardwalk okay. Blemplier. Because so many police officers were under Blonger's influence, Van Sice had to carry out his investigation by hiring private detectives paid for by donations from wealthy private citizens who also wanted to take down Blonger. For a year, Van Sice's detectives worked tirelessly to gather information on Blonger's gang through spying on known members, going through Blonger's trash, and secretly install his blongings. (laughs) (laughs) Rifling through his blongings. This doesn't belong here. Oh my god, why does anyone listen to this show? I can't. God, rifling through his belongings. This doesn't this belong doesn't belong here. I could be blong, but two blongs don't make a blight. Oh, I've had a really I've had a really blong day. Um, two blongs don't make a, a blight. <laughs> I'm hot. They also secretly installed a dictaphone in his headquarters. You go on the drive. It's Karen's vibrator. That's the size of her forearm. That's a dictaphone. My vibrator is wind up, in fairness. Wow. <laughs> I am so shook by this dictaphone, and the next time I get an unsolicited dick pic, I'm sending that back. Wait, where's the <laughs> yeah. dictaphone? It's there. Oh, it's oh, definitely there. Yeah. I wanted I was I wanted to see the size of this thing since 1922. <laughs> I was like, there's no way you could just easily hide a recording device say, that in an thing office. Is not secretive. <laughs> We've been bugged. No. It's so huge. We've been blugged. Massive. We've been blugged. It's bigger. It's bigger than like a record player. (laughs) Yeah. It's the size of of like a six year old child. (laughs) All right. Toss a blanket over it. Blonger won't even notice. (laughs) Blonger did not notice. Um, So then, in the summer of 1922, Van Sice took a purposefully well publicized fishing vacation to the Rocky Mountains. So he made sure that Blonger knew that he was going to be out of town. He's making himself a target. Yep. I'm leaving town, everyone. I'm going on vacation. Just casual vacation. Leaving Leaving town. Leaving town. 
Won't be <laughs> here my to place stop unlocked. all your criminal activities. <laughs> Just free reign for the criminal activities. <laughs> His detectives, meanwhile, began planning a sting operation. A Classic. wealthy Texas rancher named J. Frank Norfleet, who had previously been conned out of a large amount of money by a different gang. So he hated con men, but he didn't. He hadn't already been a target by Blonger, so he was like... He didn't have history with Blonger, specifically. Right, right. He was in Denver trying to hunt down the other men who had swindled him, and then he agreed to who work for... Who had done him Blong. Who had done him Blong. He blonged me. <laughs> he had been blonged, and... um. He agreed to work with Van Sice's detectives, so he just basically was, like, out and about in Denver in, like, high society, and he was exactly the type of victim that Blonger targeted, Mm -hmm. and they knew that. So he was bait, basically. Uh, The detectives were hoping that knowing that Van Sice was on vacation, the gang members would relax their guard and take the bait by attempting to swindle this guy. And it worked. Some of Blonger's men approached Norfleet in the lobby of his hotel, and they got far enough in carrying out a con to give the detectives enough evidence. They arrested Blonger, along with his second-in-command, Kid Duffy, and 33 other gang members and confined them to a holding cell in the basement of the First Universalist Church. The sting operation was widely reported in the press, which called Blonger's gang, quote, the million dollar Bunko ring. No. (laughs) Blunko. Blunko. Bunko is an old slang term meaning con or swindle. So the name of this case is the million dollar Bunko ring. It's also a card game. It's also a oh, dice it? game. It's my grandma's oh, that's what favorite. I meant. A dice game. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can tell them that that means con or swindle. She probably well, knows I think they that because know. she was probably born in 1849. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amanda's grandma for sure knows. For sure. She was part of it. My grandma she dated invented Bunko. She invented Bunko. She did. <laughs> Blonger's Your grandma my, my is grandpa. Kitty. She is. <laughs> Uh, or Cora so, or Nola. Right. Cora, Nola, Kitty. So There's the name no was, way to Nola. <laughs> <laughs> the name I'm was tired. actually an underestimate because they were probably pulling in about a million dollars per year. Mm. Calling the gang a ring also had the effect of downplaying Lou Blonger's personal influence, and the editor of the Denver Post reportedly didn't want to print Blonger's name at all because uh, he considered him a close personal friend. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yep. Blonger and his gang members who had been caught by the sting went on trial where rumors swirled about what kind of influence Blonger might hold over the judge and whether the jury had been fixed. The gang did attempt to bribe jury members, but it was ultimately unsuccessful, and Blonger and his men were declared guilty of criminal conspiracy. Blonger's lawyers appealed the conviction, and Blonger made a personal plea to Van Sice to allow him to avoid prison time due to poor health, prompting the following response from Van Sice. And does either of you want to read this in an old-timey voice? Oh, my God. 
Amanda. That's all Can you. I do it? <laughs> do it. <clears throat> what leniency have you shown to the others? <laughs> what God have you worshipped except the almighty dollar? <laughs> oh, does it keep going? Yeah. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> do the whole thing. But you still preach your mana. Oh, m- m- mana? Mana? Mana is everywhere <laughs> <Whatever>. and everything. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah. When you sold preachers trust funds, did you hesitate? When overwhelmed with shame, he committed suicide. Did you have any, <laughs> did you give any aid to his family? <laughs> when he took the life earnings of a man named Donovan of New Orleans and reduced him from comfort, <laughs> uh, com- from comfort to penury. I don't even know what these words are. <laughs> what did you do to ease the last months of his life? New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans. <laughs> you've been a criminal from the time of your youth. You've been the fixer of the town. You've prostituted justice. You've brought judges and jurors, state, city, and police officials. You've ruined hundreds of men. With that record, tell me why a death sentence is not your due. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Bravo. If only I could read. <laughs> <laughs> but Blonger was ultimately sentenced to seven to ten years and incarcerated in the Colorado State Penitentiary in October of 1923. He died there a year later, less than a year later, in uh, April of 1924. In 1924, a newspaper article described his funeral, which was attended by hundreds of people, businessmen, professional men, city, state, and federal officials, rich men, poor men, men and women from all strata of society, were there as the kindly benediction was said over all of that was mortal of Blonga, who for years of residence in Denver had counted all alike as his friends. Wow. I like Blonger. I'm kind of here for Blonger, too. Right? Yeah, he belongs on this podcast. He belongs here. He belongs here. (laughs) (laughs) And that is my case. Wow. Should we hear a word from our Blancers? Blot to you by Blasper Blapless. With HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, you can get easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. You know how much we hate to leave our homes. Well, with HelloFresh, all you have to do is cook and enjoy. And HelloFresh makes cooking delicious meals at home a reality, regardless of your comfort in the kitchen, which, if you're like me, was about zero until I started using HelloFresh. And I I feel like Emeril Lagasse. Like, bam! I can't even deal with it. (laughs) It's amazing. Well, seriously, and HelloFresh teaches you how to cook things, which is my favorite part about it. It also helps you break out of your dinner rut with HelloFresh's 20-plus seasonal chef-curated recipes every week. There is something for everyone from family recipes to calorie-smart and vegetarian. I I had a month a couple months Mm -hmm. back, and I decided to switch over to that Mm calorie-smart, and all of those meals just made me feel really good about eating them. Yeah. I loved the calorie smart box that I got. I usually mm-hmm. go with the vegetarian, even though I'm not vegetarian, but I don't really like to cook meat at home. But I went with the calorie mm-hmm. smart and it was awesome. It was so fun. It was really fun. And they also have a, f- a fun menu series like Hall of Fame and Craft Burgers. Hello. Oh, get in my belly. The one that I made last week was a ribeye and roasted garlic pan sauce. Stop. It came with mashed potatoes and green beans. It, it, I mean, I'm I'm not that well versed in like cooking techniques. So like the pan sauce and you like like let it thicken mm-hmm. and add the things and like the orders that you put everything in. First of all, the photos on the recipe cards made it real easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
but I also just kind of came away with like a new method of cooking steak. Yeah, big fan. Yeah. HelloFresh is also flexible and fits your lifestyle. You can add extra meals to your weekly order as well as yummy add-ons like garlic bread, hello, cookie hello. Hi. <laughs> Not to mention they have wine pairings on their recipe cards as well, which I'm a big fan of. HelloFresh is awesome. It is, uh, we love it. It's one of our favorite things ever. So for a limited time only, get nine free meals. You heard that right. Nine free meals with HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com forward slash gals nine and enter gals nine. That's again, a limited time only. You can get nine free meals with HelloFresh by going to HelloFresh.com forward slash gals nine and enter that code gals nine. Treat your meals, your kitchen, your family, yourself, your life. Treat all of it. You're weak. Treat it. Treat it. So there was a lot of fun crime out of Colorado in the last couple of years. And mm-hmm. after the absolutely brutal case I covered for Halloween crimes, I wanted to err mm-hmm. on the lighter side this week with mm-hmm. a few shallow dives that are honestly worthy of a GAC episode. So buckle up. We are going to start in 2015 around Halloween in Denver, Colorado where a young man who remained nameless in the press was arrested on October 29th, 2015, after he was caught having sex with a scarecrow. (laughs) 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 Which fully fully reminds me of Moe's from The Office and his lady scarecrow. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Look what he did to lady scarecrow. Also, ouch on your dick. Yeah. Yeah. Scratchy as fuck. It's worse than wearing wool. I know. Way worse. The (laughs) scarecrow in question was being used as part of a Halloween display in a local yard. A local (laughs) yard? It wasn't even his own scarecrow? Nope. He was a serial scarecrow rapist. Yeah. Well, apparently the young man did have his way with several Halloween decorations that night. (laughs) He was caught and arrested by police and appeared confused as to why he was being apprehended. When police explained that they were taking him in because he was having sex with Halloween decorations, his response was, quote, oh, I'm not supposed to do that? <laughs> nope, you're not. No, sir. You nope. are not. No, sir. Can't, can't say you are. No. He was arrested and booked on charges relating to public nudity and lewd sex acts in public. I have no idea what has become of this man, but I wish him well, and I truly hope he has since downloaded like Tinder or Hinge. Because the scarecrow thing clearly did not work out. Is Don't there get arrested. Is there a dating app for holiday decorations? <laughs> I mean, uh, looking if you for can a cream it, you can make it. Yeah, it's on the internet, I'm sure. Just buy your own decorations. Literally just buy your own scarecrow. You yeah, them. and have sex with it inside. Yep. Oh, no God. harm, no foul, am I right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we make our way over to Vail, Colorado in 2017, mm-hmm. where Jason Mikesell was trying to sell his SUV on Craigslist. He had a few interested parties, but no one who seemed truly motivated to buy until Sean Langley. Sean was incredibly Mm. motivated to purchase this vehicle, but there was one problem, the cash. Poor Sean didn't have the cash on hand to cover the cost of the SUV, but really needed the wheels. So he thought he'd offer a creative form of payment. 
Homegrown black market weed. (laughs) Homegrown weed is never that good. Well, I guess they're in Colorado. I don't know. Mm, Yeah, Mm -hmm. but it's shitty weed. Sean was so sure that his product is worth it. He sent photos to Jason and talked up the superior quality of his product. What Sean Sean didn't know, however, was that Jason Mikesell was a Teller County Sheriff. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, you want to know the truth? I saw that text and I started giggling, he said in a statement. (laughs) I was really surprised and I thought at first, maybe this is a joke. But nope, no joke. So Sheriff Mikesell showed the conversation to his colleagues the next day and after continued communication from Sean, decided to meet to complete the transaction. Oh, no. In plain clothes, Sheriff Mikesell took the SUV to a nearby park while other undercover detectives looked on, waiting for the deal to go down. Sean arrived with his girlfriend, Jane Cravens, to complete the transaction, and as expected, Sean and Jane got to ride off in a different whip the back of a police car rather than an SUV. Oh. Yeah. The duo were arrested. I kind of feel bad too, but also idiot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're arrested for being that stupid. They were arrested on suspicion of possession with intent to sell one misdemeanor count for small quantity and a felony count for a larger amount. As police officers did find four pounds of the illegal black market marijuana in their car, which maybe they had because they thought it would cost that much to trade it for a car. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What but a fucking like, narc. I know. Guy. Sheriff narc. Literally. So Colorado is pretty cool about <laughs> weed, but, you know, regulated weed, not weird shit that you either grow in a ditch mm-hmm. by the highway or like create in a lab, which would be way worse because then it's like spice and it's terrible. They don't take yep. too kindly to that kind of crap. Mm-mm. I have sold a car on Craigslist. And oh, bought yeah. a car on Craigslist. I've bought cars on Craigslist. That's I just not never offered to pay in weed. Yeah. No. Okay. Don't take a trade. Okay. No. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't blarder. <laughs> don't blarder. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. This weed doesn't belong here. (laughs) Okay, so now you know I love a good story about a dummy in a porn shop. Uh, Like a mannequin or like a dumb person? Like a dumb person. Honestly, both, Uh but in this case, a dumb person. Also, it's never a mannequin. Um, In Longmont, Colorado in 2009, convicted felon Andrew Libby, 33 years old, got a little too big for his britches at the local porn shop, Mile High Emporium. Oh. According to reports, Libby went into the store twice in the span of about a month trying to obtain free videos, which, like, it's 2009. It's called the internet. Go on the internet, yeah. Yeah. What? Not by stealing them outright, however... Oh, no. Our boy was too clever for that. Instead, Mm. he impersonated an officer working for Longmont Police in the, quote, age verification unit. (laughs) We've got a whole unit now. This unit, which for the record does not exist in any capacity whatsoever, is charged with with reviewing pornographic films and materials to ensure the participants are of legal age. What a noble trade. Yep. So they just go by to local porn shops. Yep. One lone dude. I hope yep. he had a badge for the AVU. Oh, he did have a badge. <laughs> he also had a really disgusting ponytail. And yes, there's photos of him on the drive. <gasps> Going under there Colorado now. Porn Inspector <laughs> Andrew Libby. JPG. 
Oh, oh my He's god! The FBI, worst. Oh, FB, female no. booby inspector. <laughs> Ew. Um, uh, Libby would even flash a badge and leave a business card, one without a name on it, but apparently had Longmont police info on it. But store employees what? were not like he'd leave a business card being like, well, I'll be back. And it's, you know, I work for this unit and blah, blah, blah. He was trying to make himself credible, but he, he failed. Oh, for it sure. Not but hard if you, to print business cards. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. And obviously store employees were not buying his bullshit, asked him to leave after his second attempt and calling the police to report the bizarre encounters. With the number that he had so handily provided. Given them, yeah. <laughs> SWAT officers showed up at Adam Libby's rest residence to arrest him and found illegal knives, a semi-automatic handgun, several large swords, and a metal <laughs> security badge that he was using cool. as like a police badge. Cool guy. <clears throat> yep. And as a convicted felon, he is not allowed to be in possession of any of this kind of shit. Mm-hmm. My Ick. favorite part about this article was reading the comments, which were riddled with, quote, it's 2009, you can get porn for free on the internet, and, quote, yeah. only in Longmont, which <laughs> apparently is like the Florida of Colorado. Only in Longmont. <laughs> in Longmont. <laughs> Not only is this guy an idiot, though, he's also a fucking <laughs> asshole, as he had a nine-year-old son living with him at the time, and evidence of child abuse, as well as these additional charges led to the child being placed in foster care where I sincerely hope he was cared for and eventually adopted but we all know the challenges of the foster care system and especially for older children so that's mm -hmm. truly fucking sad that's this guy's really pathetic idiot. I hate him at least so he pathetic. got away from his dad who mm -hmm. is a total creep I hope that he has successfully were they, were they maybe like monitoring his, his like internet usage and I don't that's know. why he felt he had to go to these lengths to see naked bodies. I also think just like an adult man in 2009 when like Pornhub was still kind of new. Maybe he just mm. felt more comfortable going to the porn shop because that was his, you know, what he's used to. I guess. Yeah. But he doesn't have okay. the capital to bankroll his needs. Or do you think part mm -hmm. of him was looking for underage girls in these videos? Probably mm. that. All. It's just a whole. Ew. It's entirely pro possible, but any of the stuff I looked at was like he was just using this as a dumb excuse to try and steal porn. Yeah, it's just fucking gross mm -hmm. and pathetic. It's and fuck so that guy. gross. Yeah, we hate him. Uh, next, in an act of ego preservation that is truly epic, I bring you this next tale out of Colorado Springs in 2017. <gasps> the sunniest place. The sunniest place. <laughs> where 18-year-old Philip Terry arrived at the hospital with a gunshot wound to his leg around 2.30 p.m. on April 13th. According to Philip, he had been walking downtown with a, when a dark sedan drove past him. Next thing he knew, he was on the ground with a bullet in his leg. But the doctors and nurses who worked on Philip were not convinced that this story was the truth. And they made that clear to the officers who were called to take Philip's statement. Quote, upon viewing the victim's injury and the trajectory of the bullet, Colorado Springs police said in a news release, it appeared highly unlikely that the victim was shot as he described. 
Through mm-hmm. further follow-up, officers discovered that the victim was playing with a handgun when it mm-hmm. accidentally fired, striking him in the leg. Oh, my God. So he made up a drive-by By shooting. shooting story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this fucking no. idiot shot himself in the leg and told the drive-by lie, as I like to call it, mm-hmm. to cover his blunder, his blonger. His blonger. <laughs> his blonder. Fortunately for him, the injury was not life-threatening, and the only thing he damaged beyond repair was his ego. What a fucking <laughs> moron. And his blondery. It is blondery, <laughs> which you cannot get blood out of your blondery. It's no, too you cannot. Blard. No. <laughs> it's like it belongs there. It really belongs there. <laughs> and for some final story. Wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. But you actually do. For our final story, we venture to Aurora, Colorado in 2018. On a crisp Sunday evening in September, a young woman arrives to work at an e-cigarette store in Aurora. That's She's, it. That's the crime. And, that, yeah. and special thanks. <laughs> <laughs> she is working in the store alone and notices a man wearing a red ball cap, sunglasses, and a Denver Broncos sweatshirt pacing back and forth in front of the store. Turned out he was checking to make sure she was truly alone on her shift before he Mm. enters the e-cigarette store around 5.30 p.m. on September 3rd, 2018. Mm. He is armed with what appeared in surveillance video to be a long-barreled handgun, which can be a little hard to handle if you aren't trained with a weapon. Uh, Mm. And apparently, dude did not even know where to start. Footage showed him (laughs) walking up... I mean, no, it's so bad. Which way does this point? Uh, honestly, oh, oh no. that's accurate. <laughs> oh, God. Footage showed him walking up to the counter, pulling out the gun, but grabbing it upside down and only gripping it with his fingertips. What? Like, what? like I can't describe it because it's hard without a proper visual and okay. I don't have the okay, whole Okay, so footage. it's a handgun. So it's he's, a handgun. He's pulling it out by like the barrel. Like by the, like the, bar- the, the shooting top. end. Either the shooting end with just his fingertips or even maybe like the bottom of the handle <laughs> and holding it upside down what? with just his fingertips like he's holding like a gross uh, dead fish in front of a little kid or something. He's gonna shoot himself. Well, thank God he fucking does it, but... He's an idiot. So he immediately fumbles the gun and it goes sliding across the checkout counter and falls directly at the feet of the cashier. I feel like Dear I've God. seen this, this <laughs> security camera footage before. Have I? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's so good. <laughs> oh, I love it. So he basically just handed her his gun. <laughs> Obviously, she takes advantage of this very opportune <laughs> moment, grabs the gun and turns it back on him. Doesn't shoot him or anything. It's just like, get the fuck out. But she um, has seen at least a movie and right. knows how to hold a gun. <laughs> yeah, watch Literally a book for God's any sakes. Film. <laughs> fucking watch a book. Watch a fucking book. Um, so uh, this move quite literally scared the pants off our perp who turned to run and his pants fell to his knees (laughs) tripping him is this a fucking three stooges sketch (laughs) this happened he fell fell out the door while he was pulling up his pants and trying to run at the same What's the song? What's the song? It's like... Yeah. Well, in fairness, the gun gun was in his waistband, and with it 
now they now fell right down. I am fucking dying. So <laughs> I'm choking. Okay. So obviously this went sour for the guy, but it oh all worked God. out in his favor as the business had less than a hundred dollars in the register anyway. So he like would have gotten jack shit. And also the long barrel pistol, yeah, turned out to be an airsoft BB gun. It was <laughs> oh not even God. like a legit, which will fuck you up a little bit, but it's not going to kill yeah. you. Yeah, they're right. still and dangerous, but like. They are still dangerous, uh, but it's, it's you don't hold up a store with a BB gun. Oh, no. I mean, don't hold up a store That's ever. the least of hit. That was the only thing he got remotely right. But he got away. No one ever caught him. What? Yes. No. He got away. Amanda. It's not my fault. No. Don't scold me. <laughs> he got away. We don't, we don't know that it wasn't you. Amanda. It's Amanda. not my fault. <laughs> he got away. Holy oh shit. Oh, I'm happy for him because like that's a really scary experience. Have your pants fall down like that. <laughs> lose your gun. Lose your pants. Yep. I'm glad he got away. Uh, and I'm hoping this serves as a lesson to him not to get too big for his britches again like that. Oh, my And not to God. smoke e-cigarettes. No. Anyway, I just wanted to take a couple shallow dives into Colorado crimes. Nice. Wow. Those were my favorite. Entertaining. Speaking of e-cigarette stores, I passed a store the other day on the east side of Des Moines that is literally called Energy Drinks and Vape Discount Store. (laughs) (laughs) It's owned and operated by four guys named Kyle. (laughs) That's the name of the store. Discount. <laughs> Discount. <laughs> those those guys somehow got a fucking bank loan and a lease. Oh, oh no. I know, right? They all have monster energy drink tattoos. You know it. Uh, you know it. Unlike so their many white tribal muscle. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Tribal right. armband well, party of four. <laughs> Well done, just Colorado in general. Oh my god, yeah, well I love Colorado. Colorado. And also, a special thanks this week to Chloe Lindsay, our fan picker. Oh, this nice was one. so fun. Thank you for the palate cleanser. Nice job, Chloe. We love you. Oh, I got requested. Oh, jeez. Okay. Go for this it. This is going to be hard. All right. Uh, this person requests me to do half daddy, half Minnesota next. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Okay. That is okay. hard. Oh, Stephanie Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> this is gross. Oh, you just it. gonna sneak past you and grab the ranch. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Wow. Well, there's a well. new character I never thought I needed. <laughs> sneak past you and grab the ranch. Sneak past you. <laughs> Don't oh. forget your big lunch. Mm. Mm. Oh, my daddy says it's for me. Hotter than hot dish. <laughs> that was good. You're All good right. at it. Oh, Embrace you. your inner Minnesotan daddy. All right. Kenyon, you're up. 
No, you're you're, you're up, up. my friend. Oh, okay. Thank you, <laughs> Tessa Gatulo. Maybe Gatuyo. Maybe. Got to thank There's you. There's no way to know. We got yeah. to thank you for your five dollars a month. Thank Love you, it. Tessa. Thank you to Claire Lawson. You are not breaking any laws and by giving us money every month. Mm. And thank you to <laughs> Kenzie Locks. Your donation is just right. Like Goldilocks and the three bears. Got it. Got it. <laughs> got it. Yeah, took, okay. me, took me a second. I got there. Thank yeah, you, okay. Miko Pohl. Mm. Miko Pohl. Miko Pohl. I'm going to... Um, mm. I'm gonna poll the audience on how to pronounce your name. I think it's <laughs> yeah. Miko. I think it's Miko. Miko Poll. Miko. Yeah. All right. Miko, 100%. Thank you so much for your $5 a month. Thank you, Kristen Francisco. That's mm. you. Your name sounds like an alias. Open it sounds like a bad gates. <laughs> fake ID. Kristen. A fake Francisco. ID where you're wearing a really obvious fake mustache in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well done. I, I hope you're it. 12 years old. And thank you, Brianna Dixon. Uh, Dickinson. Uh, oh, Dickinson. Well, shit. Uh, <laughs> Brianna, hardly Noah. God bless you no. for your $5 a month donation. <laughs> Ooh, landed right on me. Leanna Perfect. requested me. Leanna, I want to peel you like a banana. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, and cut, you, cut you on some toast pajamas. with some peanut butter. With your mm. consent, okay. of course. Yum, that sounds really fucking good, actually. The Elvis. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Samantha L. Mm. We L-O-V-E-Y-O-U. A ridge. <laughs> yeah. Flashback to last week's special thanks. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Thank you, Kylie. We take very kindly, Kylie, to your generosity. Mm-hmm. You have mile high Kai generosity. Nope. I'm done. I'm tired. Yep. <laughs> it hurts. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, oh. Emily Roberts. You're ro- robbing our hearts. Oh. Of all of our feelings mm. towards you. Don't know how much sense that makes. I'm drunk. Sorry, we're doing a drunk dive after this. That's all I got. Love Emily it. Roberts, thank you so much. Sure are. Thank you, Lori Sanders. I am not telling a lie when I say that you're my favorite. Well, wow. one of my favorite Sanders. Sanders wow. 2020. It's <laughs> <laughs> going the for Sanders. A Sisters. Sarah Huckabee Sanders thing, and then I was reminded of Bernie. It was a journey. It was a whole thing. (laughs) It was a Bernie journey. Bernie journey. Thank you, Kayla. Kayla needs no other name because Kayla is as fierce as Cher, Mm -hmm. Madonna, Mm -hmm. Prince, Mm -hmm. um, Elmo, Mm -hmm. Cleopatra, Geico. Nailed it. Flow. Flow. <laughs> we love you, Kayla. <coughs> Jesus. Thank you so much, Rebecca Ackland, who increased their pledge from $1 to $5 a month. Gotta love those increases. Oh, Rebecca. Rebecca's my friend. Hi, Rebecca. Oh, nice. 
I was going to say from uh, 90 Day Fiance the other way, Rebecca. Rebecca. No one? I don't I don't get it. Okay. Thank you to Shastin. <laughs> <laughs> you are sweet like Shasta on Ooh. our tongues, and you can drink Shasta out of your fucking patriarchy wine glass. Oh, my God. Wait, will you please tweet us a photo of you drinking Shasta out of your empty wine glass? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would die. That would be the most Minnesotan thing ever. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you to Jessica Johannesson. Oh. Johannesson. Johannesson. Oh, Jessica Johannesson. We make beautiful music. <laughs> Sometimes I put nickels in the oven and it make music. The nickels in the oven. Thank you also, Larissa Pauly. I'm so sorry. About Amanda. It's too late to apologize. <laughs> to apologize. It's too late. I made up to for it. To apologize. It's too late to apologize. All right. Thank you, <laughs> Megan Allen. Not all Allens. Not all Allens. Am I right? Mm. I'm right. You're right. You know who else is right? Katie Fortner, Blortner, <laughs> Fortner, Hardly Nortner, Hardly Nortner, Hardly Nortner, <laughs> Blortner, Hardly and Blortler. All right, Danielle D. Deaver, that's a triple D. 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 Oh, you're a triple threat, Danielle. Giving us threat. the D, Danielle D. Deaver, D. Deaver, Danielle D. Deaver, for your ten bucks. Thank you. Minute. Oh, we've got an increaser from last week, I think. Hello. Uh, Abby Van Wagoner. We really are hitching to your van wagon. Oh, oh yeah. Tell hitching us our into the sunset, Abby. You are covering our expenses like a covered <laughs> wagoner. Wagon. <laughs> our mozzarella stick overhead. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Francesca Lausch, kicking off our trash queen category. I Lausch you very mouse, Francesca Lausch. <laughs> hmm. Thank you also. Better than a can of Bausch light. Oh, no. <laughs> Bausch and loam. I'm going to need some aspirin tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you, Caitlin Russell. I'm going to rustle up some sweet trash for you, Caitlin. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to Amber. Amber Did you get my smokes? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You are more than a runner-up in the Miss Montrose American Teen Princess pageant. And if they ask you to take your top off, get the money first. Amber is the color of our energy. Ooh, 311, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> oh my God, if somebody donates $311 a month to Patreon, <laughs> for we'll three, sing that entire song. For at least three months. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, is, whose turn is it? Mine? Yeah. I don't know. It's yours. Vivi Scaromitis. 
Vivis Sigourney Weaver. I am not gonna litus. I'm a little upsitus that you did not send a pronunciatus guide to go with your beautiful name. Uh, but VV goes on. But viva your donation. <laughs> oh, thank you, Carly Keir, who increased our pledge from two to fifteen dollars a month. Carly, I'm key. Uh, I really care about you. Oh. <laughs> yep. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jessica Grigo, mm. giving $25 a month. It's uh, Euro. It's lamb it's meat. It's pronounced Euro. And you're Gyro. a delicious <laughs> sandwich. I that love I your tzatziki. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great white sauce. Thank you so much. Send us an email with your episode pick ASAP. Yeah. And send us yours, Kayla Reberger. And thank you for increasing from $5 to $25 a month. So we want your topic and or case and or wine or all three. And I'm mm -hmm. going to buy myself a juicy cheese Reberger mm -hmm. in your honor tonight. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Travis Kilpatrick, who increased their pledge from five to twenty-five dollars a month. You were just so hungry and thirsty for that topic and/or case and/or wine pick, weren't you, Travis? Hope you mm. didn't actually kill Patrick. I, I don't personally not. know a single Patrick in my real life, but you know that's not true. Yep. Our friend Patrick, who lives in the Netherlands. Oh, oh right, Patrick. Yeah. Come on. I actually, now that I think about it, I can think of like four Patricks in my life. Yeah, I know like eight Patricks. Don't You're kill him. You're such a liar. Travis, Don't kill him. Travis. Travis. Oh, we're keeping an eye on you. Thank you to Samantha Orvis giving wow, a very generous $50 a month. Wow. Filling our orifice <laughs> with You've got monies. that Orville Redenbacher money. <laughs> Thank you, Samantha. Mm-hmm. Mm. And if you are like all of my exes and terrified of commitment, you can make a once-off donation at our online star, wineandcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com. And we got one for 10 doll hairs from Jackie McCullough, like a Big Mac Macula. a la mode. Macula. Macula. Like a Big Mac a la mode, not Makela or Michaela. Cool. <laughs> I like this pronunciation guide. Very and specific. It is specific. I appreciate it. And thank you, Jackie, for giving us something to snacky on with your $10 donation. Making me want a fucking Big a Mac. A <laughs> la mode. Oh. I want like a mini Big Mac, like a small Mac. It's called a slider. Yes. <laughs> but with like all the shit on it. I want it from McDonald's. I want like all the shitty McDonald's flavors, but like a quarter of the size. Yeah, I get that. All right. Megan Lazor, maybe Megan, but I'm too lazy to ask you <laughs> how to pronounce your first name. But you're this giving will cover our Lazor hair removal uh, for our next tour. <laughs> $25 once off. We'll throw in the tip and tax, but yeah, for yeah. sure. A group And last but not least, Lisa. Swartfeger. The names this week are amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm into them. Uh, $25 once off. 
squirt feeger. I'm not going to call myself a squirter anymore. I'm going to say I'm a swart feeger now. <laughs> <laughs> Watch I out. Squirt, she's a squirt but feeger. But only when you feeger me. Yep. We're not swarting yep. how hard it is to pronounce your last name. <laughs> we love no. you no matter what. Uh, <laughs> on that note, thank you for putting up with us. Thanks. We will see you next see week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Most importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Hello, friends. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Have you ever wondered if Jenny's head really did fall off when they removed the green ribbon? Or if aliens are hiding in the tails of comets waiting to take us away? Or if there's any scientific basis to the Ouija board? Well, then don't risk your search history and join us each Thursday as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. New episodes are released every Thursday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. More information about the show, including show notes and links to our social media, can be found on our website, theladiesestrange.com. Keep it strange, lovelies. Strange, lovelies.